This Mother's Day, celebrate the extraordinary women in your life with a heartfelt gift from Blue Nile. Whether it's for your mom, a mother figure, or yourself as a mom, find that perfect piece to express your love and appreciation. Explore Blue Nile's exquisite pearls and mesmerizing gemstones that she's sure to love. Enjoy fast shipping options like guaranteed free shipping and returns. Make this Mother's Day unforgettable with a piece from Blue Nile. Right now, get up to 50% off at BlueNile.com. That's BlueNile.com. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts, start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. Hello, we're the Adventure Syndicate, and you're listening to the Wheel Suckers Podcast. I am your captain, Alex. I do social media marketing and events for Look Mom No Hands, and I'm joined by my stoker. Stoking! Jenny, I'm stoking at London Bike Kitchen, getting stoked. What does Look Mom No Hands do? Recycle Cafe Bar Workshop, 49 Old Street, London. We serve coffee, bikes, and beer mm. and food. Mm. What about you? London Bike Kitchen is a do-it-together bike workshop in Hackney, of course. And we teach people how to fix their own bikes. We do this through classes, drop-in sessions, and our Women and Gender Variant Wag Night. I've heard you've written a book. Mm. Jenny has her little head in her hands. Yeah. Fluttering her eyelashes <laughs> now. Who, me? <laughs> Tell us about your bloody book. Yeah, I wrote a book. It's called How to Build a Bike, and it smells really good. Good Excellent. page feel. We did a, a, a launch event at Look Mom No Hands, <laughs> and we combined it with Bike Yogi because I didn't want to talk. One of the people that worked to the publishers after it came over and was like, this is the best book launch I've ever been to. <laughs> And they were like sassy as hell. Like they kept wanting to sing songs and being yeah. like, turn it up louder. You know, you're like, whoa, who knew you were like really into this? Just for background, we did um, by Kiyoki along with the book launch. By Kiyoki is exactly as it sounds. It's a combination of riding a bicycle while singing karaoke. I invented this, by the way. You can't steal it. It was lots of fun. So good. Super fun. So good. It's super pointless. There is no reason why you should ride a bike and sing karaoke. No, except that it's amazing. The best is when people get puffed out halfway through. There's like this kind of dark humour in just like, ah, oh, oh, ah. <laughs> like people try really hard to sing with a puffed out. Oh, I want to share Donovan came over to me and he was like, Alex, don't quit your day job. You can't sing. <laughs> It's like there were a couple here having dinner and they had their fingers in their ears. <laughs> and I had to do a shout out to Kaz from North London Thundercats Black Metal Bicycle Club. But yeah. I, I was kind of a little bit shook because I'd already sung three songs by this point. And he tells me that and I'm like, but I'm really good. He didn't know I was kind of joking. He's like, no, Alex, you're terrible. Yeah, and then so I told Kaz and she was like, right. We're singing a song now. Do that's when we sang I Got You, baby. Yeah. But that's the perfect way to counteract someone making you feel like shit. It's just like, get with somebody else and like, 
oh, I got you, babe! Like, really loud, really loud. <laughs> so it was a mountain bike. Just for shits and giggles, we put a mountain bike on a turbo trainer because nobody does that. <laughs> and we had, like, knobbly tires on. And we there was a pannier rack on the back, which ended up being great for duets. Perfect Because for duets. someone would just sit on the back and then the other person would sit and pedal. And Jenny really sold fun. all the books, 60 books? Yeah, we sold out. Sold out. You sell out. Yeah, fucking sell out. I will be in Bristol at the Bristol Bike Project on Monday the 20th of November and in Oxford just pinning down a date now with the Broken Spoke Bike Co-op but that will probably be the first week of December. Um, I will also, I'm going back to California for Christmas and I've already been invited to speak at a bike place in Santa Cruz. Cool. uh, Sometime in December. So if you're in Santa Cruz, come say hi. I'll probably stop by a couple of the other bike projects there. This is the other thing. So they only printed 1,800. Okay. And they've already sold 1,200. What? Jay! Fuck yeah. Fuck yeah. Okay. Oh, shit. Like, yeah. Do you want a first edition? Do you want to be a part of history? <laughs> Just make a decision now. I'll put a link below. Go and buy Jenny's book and don't miss out. Um, you can buy it online at all good bookstores and retailers. Oh, and if you have the book and if you like it, maybe leave a Amazon rating. I mean, you don't have to buy anything from Amazon, but if you leave a five-star review, for example. Maybe. Not to put words <laughs> in your mouth. Short and sweet reviews. You don't have to write a, a book. <laughs> oh, write a book about my book. Whoa! <laughs> it's really fun and exciting and a bit overwhelming. The, the shitty thing is I can't spend time promoting it because I actually work. If you guys can help me do the promotion, that'd be greatly appreciated. We're on it. Yeah. What else have you been up to, Jenny? Two events that are coming up in the near future is our Halloween Hell Climb, which is on the date of Halloween. So Tuesday the 31st. Tuesday the 31st of Um, October. This is a ride. It's a fun ride. We start at Bike Kitchen. We make some spiced wine and hot apple cider. And then we ride to Swain's Lane in Highgate and ride up the hill. We might burn something again this year. We burned the head of Donald Trump last year. It was part of a ritual to prevent the election of <laughs> him, and it didn't work. It didn't work. Fuck. So maybe it's not a good idea for us to burn something, but it's still fun. So keep your eyes peeled for that. Come on the ride. Uh, second event coming up is on Sunday, the 12th of November, is WAGFest. And this is our fourth WAGFest we've ever done. And it's a day of celebrating bike culture and stuff around the theme. This year's theme is activism in bikes because there's kind of a lot of that shit going on and we wanted to address that. And it's going to be at the DIY space in South London. Entry is by donation, suggested donations, five pounds. And we have, it's from one to 5 p.m. And we've got a really great program coming up. So... Put that in the diary. Yeah, I'll put a link below. Yeah. But that's it. What's going on at Lookma? We have loads of events on. I don't want to take up your time by listing all of them. So I would recommend signing up to our newsletter mm. or going on our website or following us on Facebook. Facebook's actually really good at listing events in chronological order. Our website doesn't do that. I have to do it manually. Blah. But just wanted to shout out about 
We have lots of cycle speed dating events coming up. And specifically wanted to shout out about the fact that we are doing some queer nights. I've had lots of people ask for them every time we try and organise them. Sadly, we don't get enough people sign up to make mm. it worth it for you. Because you don't really want to have to date like two or people. three people. Queer women on the 1st of November. And we have gay men on the 15th of November. They're also hetero night. Go have a look. They're super fun. We went. We had a really fun time. And so now we have a delightful little short snippet. where <laughs> give you some insight. <laughs> Jenny's into the aftermath. Maybe had a drink. And went on an excellent mission for us, sharing a quick interview with some people at Cycle Speed Day. Enjoy! Hi, I'm here with... Stephen. And we're at Look Mom No Hands's Cycle Speed Dating thingy. And we are... I'm just asking for people's reactions to the event. How, what did you think? Oh, it's great. <laughs> Was it weird? Yeah, speed dating is always going to be weird. But that's okay. That's all right. You get used... The weirdness evaporates after about two minutes. Did you, did you need a drink? I needed several drinks. <laughs> But I feel I feel much more into it now that it's finished. <laughs> I feel much more prepared now that it's over. But I think I think it was all right. I think it went okay. Would you do it again? Yes, I would do it again. Definitely. Would you suggest your friends to do it? Absolutely. Yeah, the more the merrier. Definitely. Okay, thank you. <laughs> oh, it's still recording. Hi, I'm here with. <laughs> I'm here with Karen, Karen Hartley of, of Hartley Cycles, and you're also here at um, Cycle Speed Dating. What did you think? Um, it was great. I just found out, though, that Jenny didn't actually realize that her podcast, Wheel Suckers, was a pun. Um, which a pun! <laughs> I, I don't know what to say. <laughs> Are we still friends? Uh, no comments. Can you answer my original question? I forgot what it was. What did you think of the event? It was great. Um, we got lots of good stories from Stephen, <laughs> who's a doctor. <laughs> I'm not going to tell you where. <laughs> Would you do it again? Yes. Are you sure? <laughs> With enough alcohol, yes. <laughs> okay, thank you, Karen, for sharing your story. I just thought you were like, Bleh. <laughs> so I'm gonna put some cards down on the table. They're actually tarot cards. I flip them over and it's mm. lots of cups, mm. and this one's of lots of bottles. No, actually, it's like loads of cocktail shakers because we ended up having a lot of cocktails. <laughs> so you can see that we were drunk. We've done a drunk episode. This actual interview with the Adventure Syndicate was done under the influence. Shout out to Every Cloud Bar, which is run by Felix who is an LBK member. He hosted us and was very kind and made us some very generous cocktails. Going to put a link below, please. If you have time and you're near Hackney area and you want a really good drink in a really fun, dimly lit, atmospheric bar, go to Emily <laughs> Chapel and Lee Craigie, um, who are directors of the Adventure Syndicate. Um, we grabbed them after their talk at Look Mum, uh, their long-distance ladies event. But we grabbed them and we, we rode to the 
the bar and we got drunk and this is the product. We're going to play that for you? No! I'd like to introduce we are in a bar. <laughs> Not just any bar. We're in a good bar. Uh, it's almost a year old. We're in every cloud on Morning Lane in Hackney. You have to go because it's dimly lit, it's got good drinks. There's a weird Halloween sculpture inside. <laughs> it's holding a helmet right now. Yeah, actually, yeah, someone take a picture of that. We'll share that. So we just finished an amazing turnout knockout event at Little Sands. Sellout, sellout, sellout. Sell At least someone was like over a hundred people. Oh my! I think it was like it was packed. It was packed. It was a lot. Of was that more people there than I've got the whole event? Oh my goodness! No. Did we not let them in? That's a bit. Well, it was like crowd management. You know, when you're like, please squish together, and people are like, no. Oh, <laughs> it's the London way. <laughs> we should have just got everyone to take their clothes off. Would make that closer? Yeah, that would have encouraged. That would have encouraged closeness. <laughs> British people, really? Yeah. Okay. Just, do not do that down here. <laughs> so, Emily, I guess can we start by talking? I'd written how your story developed as a career and who you are today and then Adventure Syndicate. Do you want to start with Adventure Syndicate and then work back? I've never done that before, so let's have a go. This will be interesting because I spent the whole evening talking and normally when I get to the stage where I'm sitting in a bar after giving a talk, I'm monosyllabic. So having run out of words completely, let's kind of squeeze out a few more. So I am currently a director of the Adventure Syndicate. And the Adventure Syndicate, in brief, because I think Lee is going to go into that later, is a collective of pretty good female cyclists whose mission is to inspire and encourage and enable other women to ch- and men to challenge what they think they're capable of and generally come out of their comfort zone, be more awesome and have a good time involving bikes. So that's most of what I do at the moment. So we go off and we have our own adventures of various sorts. We spend a lot of time writing and talking and making films and maybe even one day podcasts and things like that to share it with people but then rather than just say yeah well we've inspired people now and sitting back we kind of think we've got to get in there a bit and actually meet people talk to them go for rides with them and help them learn stuff um rather than just having some kind of motivational instagram account which a lot of people already do i don't think they always work very well so that's what the adventure syndicate is and that is a lot of what i do now mostly involves spreadsheets (laughs) Nice. I like a, yeah, I like a good spreadsheet. <laughs> I hate spreadsheets. I what, do you, spreadsheets. what do you do with them? They make things happen. But what? If correctly manipulated. Oh, I just spent quite a lot of my time yeah, tickling spreadsheets. Don't know how to manipulate a good spreadsheet. <laughs> well, sometimes I feel the spreadsheets are manipulating me. But it is apparently yeah. a fact of life that eventually all the most interesting things you can do mean that you end up sitting at a laptop making more interesting things happen through the medium of spreadsheets. Yeah, and I guess it's funny now to just go back because I know you were a courier, which... I was a total pretty... waster. <laughs> yeah, but before that, you were... Sorry, in the in-between time, you were doing the long-distance stuff that led you... So, so are, we, are we going in chronological backwards? Or we're, doing yeah. backs, we're doing flashbacks now. Well, because also I just want to add, there's a really interesting thing this evening with Karen. Should we give um, some con- context of the fact that we've just been at an event where we were talking yes. about long-distance cycling? Yeah, so, so one of the speakers at the event was Karen. And she mentioned she was a courier, now doing long-distance cycling. And she's seen Emily previously at Bespoke, and you were with, you were with um, 
say a Oh, Julian. Yeah. Yes. And oh. there was this interesting correlation where you were like, oh, if you're a courier, you're used to being outside in the awful weather and you still just have to be. And you still have to keep cycling around. And then how that becomes like the next start. level yeah. thing where you're like, oh, well, I've been doing it and kind of getting paid for it. So I'll just keep doing it. Well, what I tell people now is that I was a courier for years and loved it, really loved it, really miss it. It's the best job I ever did. It probably always will be. And I got to the stage where I had to find another way of spending my entire life on the bike that wasn't being a courier. But the way it happened at the time was that I had sort of gradually had little realisations and realised, I'm doing a hell of a lot of miles. I wonder if I added it all up, how many times I've been around the globe, and then that started to ignite things, and I started to think, well, maybe I could cycle a very long way, like, all in one direction, rather than just in circles in the same very small area. (laughs) Pretty much. Um, So that was sort of where that came from, but then there's also with me an impulse to always find something a bit harder to do, because once I've overcome the most recent challenge, I kind of think, oh, well, actually, that was probably a bit pathetic, because I could do it, so let's find some way of really proving myself and then obviously eventually that will also become something that clearly wasn't that bad if I could do it so etc so it's kind of a well an upward spiral I guess um so I went from couriering to attempting to cycle around the world um disclaimer I have not yet cycled around the world I kind of soon coming soon well yeah I, I, it's a long process yeah I, I went quite a long way and I'm just you know I'm knocking it off in chunks now the problem now is that I've got to a part of the world that I'm not very interested in cycling through. So at some point I need to go and do Central America, which I'm sure will be great when I get there, but I'm not that interested in hot equatorial places. So I need to just go and get through that and get to South America as soon as I possibly can. So that's a sort of ongoing project. And then from there, obviously, because I could do it, long distance cycling is clearly not that hard. So I had to find something harder. And that was how I got into the long distance racing, which is exactly the same thing, just really speeded up. <laughs> with more food. More and less sleep. Other people, I guess. No, because career is with other people, but you're not against each other, I guess. Well, yeah, that's How do you feel about the competitive nature? Because it varies from each thing, right? Well, deeply ambivalent. <laughs> um, Lee, would you like to cut in there? How do you feel about the competitive element? So to introduce my co-pilot, Lee is a former professional athlete. So has some different feelings about competition because she has a bit more experience with it. I'm still in denial that there is any competition. You're an interesting one because you maintain that you are not competitive and yet you're probably the most fiercely competitive person (laughs) I know. That's not actually fair. I do admit that I'm competitive. I also think there are different ways of being competitive. And I also admit that I'm as conflicted about this as, well, I'd be more conflicted than anyone else, because I really love doing races like the Transcontinental, where you cycle across Europe as fast as you possibly can. And one of the things I love most is that I'm off on my bike, on my own, in the middle of Europe, going really fast in Asian days. And the competition makes me really uncomfortable. But if I see another rider ahead of me on the road, I have to overtake them and get them behind me by a very long way. And so you, like you go out for just you just go out for a ride to the pub with M, and she half feels you. <laughs> Emily, not everything needs to be a race. <laughs> 
it, it is interesting that we do come from completely different places because I was I came from a race background and that was my life and my profession for years and it was sort of drummed into me and so I feel as though now having teamed up with you I'm kind of left that bit behind but I haven't fully left it behind obviously because it's sort of woven through your DNA if you've been there once before. So yeah, it's been really interesting to sort of see how... Oh, Karen Hartley has just delivered <laughs> a cocktail <laughs> with seaweed. Karen, I can't drink this. I'm an athlete. Thank you. But unless... This, is the seaweed one of your five it's a day? It's organic. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Cheers, everybody. Oh. everybody Cheers, everybody. You actually need to drink along. This is Cheers. a drink along podcast. Yes. Yes. Thanks, Karen. What a ledge. Yes. Cheers. So moving on mm. Mm. from the uncomfortable conversation about how competitive I'm Actually, can I ask a question about competitiveness? Because I've heard that uh, this is a total stereotype, but men are happy to be competitive against each other. Women are more competitive against themselves. Mm. And I actually find myself in that kind of category. Like the idea of actually doing cyclocross really appeals to me because I don't, from the stories I've heard, you're not really competing it doesn't feel like you're competing against other people because the, the circuit's so short people end up lapping each other anyway so you're kind of just racing against the clock and, and I was wondering how you see that with, with women I think it's a really interesting question because I don't think you can make that distinction as clearly as that, it's very complicated because the sort of women that find themselves in competition are the types of women that are that lend themselves to it more yeah and you know, I'm, and I can only really answer for me. I happen to be a woman, and I happen to get quite competitive. If, if you put me on a start line, um, and yeah, and I do look around, and I and I think to myself, how am I competing to the performance of others? That is, that's life. That's existence on the planet as a human being. I think survival of the fittest. <laughs> <laughs> Absolutely. <laughs> <laughs> is it also just the phrase comparison? It's, you know, competitiveness, kind of the idea of the other people in the same space as me at the same time doing the same thing. Mm. That's what I find deeply uncomfortable. So the vast majority of the writing I've done in my life has been on my own. Like as a courier, obviously you're in a very private place, but you're on your own doing your own thing. And riding across Asia, I was on my own. I was a soloist. So um, I think we're about to be giving more cocktails. That's right, I edit yeah. it. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so it's returned to my shambolic podcast. I love it. Um, so, Emily, you're going to enjoy. Lee is now going to explain the story of the two of you teaming up. Oh, this is a really good story. Well, like, how oh, did you it's Can we actually record two separate versions of this from separate rooms and then you can play them together and compare them to the Okay, so before we tell the story, we should explain that I spell my name L double E. So when I sent Emily Chapel an email from my account, LWE, um, she assumed that I was a bloke, and I was saying things like, um, you know, I really like what you're doing, encouraging more women to, you know, get into riding bikes, and I, you know, I've just finished a racing career, and I'm really keen to do the same sort of thing. Can I interject? <laughs> the email I didn't take long. <laughs> 
ten minutes. Long. I mean, how many do you get? I think you only get three at the rift one. The email began with "Hello, I was British mountain bike champion." So I instantly thought, "Who is this arrogant bloke?" <laughs> It wasn't just a bloke, it was an arrogant bloke. You see, you haven't heard of me, Miss Chapel. I was British man to make Chapel anyway, Carrie. That is a strong way to start email. I will give you that. I don't think that that is actually how the email started. I'll find it. So, maybe we should fast forward to actually what became. No, carry on, this is lovely. So, yeah, I pinged her an email, and I think she was riding through Canada at the time on her own, and she, but she replied, and, it, and then months passed, and eventually we got in touch with each other again and met up and... You lent me a bike, didn't you? Oh, that was it. I lent you a bike that then failed on the Capitol Trail. Yeah. Yeah. So em- Emily came to Edinburgh. She's like, you arrogant bloke. <laughs> <laughs> you arrogant bloke lending me a bike. So yeah, no, that that is actually how we officially met. So we'd met via email and then, and sort of knew that we had the same sort of social aims to try and get more women on bike. When did Emily when did you realise that Lee wasn't a dude? When she met me in Edinburgh to give the bike. <laughs> <laughs> Actually, That's even now. Were you looking for the dude? Yeah, looking for like, them. Yeah, like, no, I googled her eventually, oh, okay. him, and then found out that it was a bird. Um, <laughs> oh right, is that how I get it quite a lot. Actually, even when people meet me, <laughs> still a bit. Of a... I get it a bit with Alex, and I love it. Yeah, it's good, isn't it? It's actually. super fun when they're like, "Meet Alex," and you're like, ah, "Well, I'm not coming." Yeah, people do a bit of a double take, and then you see them trying to frantically try to reorganise their thoughts. Yeah, and, yeah. try and fumble over the yeah. assumptions. Yeah. Assuming is wrong. So um, I assume Lee will be a twat, and then I met her. <laughs> And? Uh, <laughs> and, <Ed>. <laughs> <laughs> and I find out that she's really lovely. Yeah. <laughs> and generally okay. So I feel, I feel like Jenny didn't hear the lawnmower story. Yeah, I have no idea what this is. Okay. It's pretty wild. Well, so we were just at this event at Look Among Your Hands where everybody was asked the question, what was the moment that you realised you were capable of more than you thought you were. And everyone started talking about the... The moment you realised you were what? You were capable of more than you thought you were. Oh, okay. Which is sort of the founding principle of the Adventure Syndicate. And everyone answered, you know, when I rode my first 300 odd acts or did that 24-hour time trial. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, let's have a breather to receive amazing drinks. It's good, isn't it? So the moment you realised you were capable of more than you thought you were? Was when I was eight years old and my dad couldn't start the lawnmower. And so I went out into the garden to help him and I was like, come on, I reckon I can... You know, let me have a go. Pull. This is the pulling. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, yeah the kind of yeah, ripcord like thing. And and quite like... difficult for a little eight-year-old's arm. And so that you're not going to be able to do that, Lee. Go back inside. <laughs> Never, ever, ever say that 
to little Lee Craigie. <laughs> Your dad said that to you. Yeah, he said, I don't, I don't think so. No, he wasn't as blunt as but that. But he was struggling. He, you know, he couldn't do it. He'd been out there for ages. It's like, come on, give someone else a go. <laughs> and um, so eventually he let me have a go. And I tried and tried and I wasn't getting it. It was really hard. Mm. But eventually I did actually manage to start alone. And my whole family came out and were just a bit like, yeah. <laughs> and then did you have to mow the lawn after that? I couldn't actually push it. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else. Even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts, start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. Hey there, it's Michelle Norris. I'm host of a podcast called Your Mama's Kitchen. When I travel, I'm usually looking for a way to find a taste of home when I'm not at home. And one of the things I love to do when I am at home is entertain. And Airbnb allows me to do that. When I was in California recently, I rented a house that had a great kitchen. And when we were sitting around the table, we're all thinking, we're in someone else's house. Someone could be in all of our homes as well. If you have a home, but you're not always at home, you have an Airbnb. Your home might be worth more than you think. Find out how much at airbnb.com slash host. I couldn't actually push the thing. I was too weak. <laughs> but that was just such a moment of, oh, so hang on. This man that I've, you know, revered as being this God until now. Um, it was a little bit of a, a you know, a, a shift in power as well, and it's, you know, just oh, actually, you know, I'm, I'm going to be that one day, and I can do that stuff, and I can even maybe even do more than people think that I can do, and that just set this whole chain of thoughts going in my mind, and and I think about that every time I'm in that position where an adult or a person in authority or. Or I'm working with another, you know, kid that's being told the whole time, you know, you're not good enough for this, you can't do this. Then that's such a powerful message, isn't it? So this is something that this is a question we get asked every time we do an event, which came up this evening because I brought it up because I just thought well, we might as well someone's going to yeah, ask it, yeah, so it might as yeah. well be me. And it's the whole question of well, you know, you want to go on this big bike trip, but you're a woman, isn't it dangerous? Aren't you worried? What if something mm. goes wrong? Mm-hmm. And yeah, I am you be scared. Shouldn't you be worried? You're a what? You're a woman. I am more and more just overtly pissed off with this question because I think the question itself is so damaging to women and their self belief. So I was asked this constantly when I was planning my round the world trip. And so you start to think, well, if everyone's asking me this, there must be some basis for this. So you start to believe that, well, maybe it is. And I honestly set off on my trip knowing I would be raped and knowing that some really bad stuff would happen to me. And I'd come back with physical and mental scars, but I was prepared to go into it. And of course, nothing happened. I had a really good time and grew as a person and it was all wonderful. 
And I'm more and more angry with the people who ask this question because the only evidence they have that it's dangerous is that they've heard a lot of other people ask that question. Mm. And so true. I love, yeah, I love to admit I asked it. I had a friend a few years back. They were travelling on their own, my friend Katie. And I was like, what? You... I even said it. I was like, you can't do that. Where did she go? She went um, Thailand, yeah, through Asia, yeah, on her own. And I was like, <gasps> and I think, yeah, it was me parroting and mimicking what people had said to me. And you said to somebody else thinking, she'd already been, so she told me. And I was like, what? Yeah, she's yeah. had an amazing time. And there's met loads of people. Nothing went like, wrong. And I was stuff like, that happened. what? Yeah, and then you think, oh, I can't believe but that's what people told me. That's why I asked it because I kind of wanted to hear it. Also, I think you. And did your perception then change of yeah, that sort and then of I thing was as like, a result? Then of I was that. like, whoa, like, whoa, like people can do, like, women can do stuff on their own and it not be the worst thing. And did you take her word for it more than you did those other people? Or and to hear someone go like, Alex, I had a great time. Like what? And I was like, you know, but <clears throat> being on your own. And she was like. Yeah. Yeah, and it was just like hearing me even ask it was really scary because mm. the minute it comes out of your mouth, you think, I know exactly where that's come from. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's come At from other people. Mm-hmm. Because but it was upsetting that I did because what I wanted, I think, and say maybe the same when people ask you, they want to hear an answer, right? They want to kind of hear this truth, and then you go, no, nah, it's fine. And everybody goes, ah. Yeah, it's a horrible cycle where people are asking because they don't know the answer. Yeah, but the thing is, when you give them the answer, they still they think no, no. But I've got my worldview, so I'll listen to your exactly. answer, but I'll disregard it because yeah. I've got my worldview. And I I gave an interview to a, a well-respected bicycle magazine recently, and was really annoyed, as I frequently am now, by this whole subject because the person who interviewed me persistently zoned in on the time I got sexually uh, I was, harassed. Yeah, yeah, sexually harassed. I mean, it was, it was, it was nothing more than that. You know, it was a bad experience, but we have them quite a lot. You know, you get them in London. I was going to say, that happens all the time. Well, yeah, I know, yeah. it kind of used And it's not something we have to deal with. And I find yeah. it really distasteful as well. People are like, oh, so you've done all this stuff. Okay, tell me about the time you were sexually assaulted in yeah, some detail. Kind of God, it's this is like the point I was making before when that people are asking because I think they want to hear it. It like reconfirms their yeah. belief. They're honing in on something. And that mm. certainly what you're saying there is they honed in on it. So yeah. soon they disregarded everything else you said when you had a wonderful time, you met people, you did this thing that like, it was a net no, <laughs> no positive about that. Yeah. But what I think was interesting to me is why those people ask those questions. Because that fear is based on something and it's very rarely cycling related because these people, you know, haven't ridden across Asia the way M has. But it's based on something and I think the only way that we're going to change that sort of perception is to really figure out where it is from them that that fear is coming from. So I have a a slight theory on this, which is a theory that makes me uncomfortable because there are times where I'm guilty of this as well. So when my little sister moved to London, she got herself a bike and she started cycling into uni. I was really not happy with this because I care about her. I really don't want her to get hit by a lorry. And I also guiltily I think didn't trust her and didn't trust her ability which is really really bad and I'm really ashamed of it and you I guys have the same blood so yeah I mean she and she's trust actually, her ability you met her she's really <laughs> awesome she's really cool and I really she's one of she's actually one of my main heroes but I was really guiltily happy when she decided she wasn't going to cycle in London and I realised that's that's part of the same thing it's 
there's all sorts of things like it's this one people want to control they think well I can't protect you it's dangerous and I can't protect you so I'm going to tell you it's dangerous to stop you because I can't do anything about this and there's also the sort of you know I'm scared of it myself but there's also this this distrust of the person's ability. So when people say, oh, you're a woman, isn't it dangerous? They're saying, well, I think that as a woman, you are both vulnerable and incompetent. Yes. Because we all know, even if something bad does happen, we could all handle it. And I think when people ask that question, they're actually not allowing these women the opportunity to go off and have something bad happen and deal with it and grow because we all have bad stuff happen in life and, you know, yeah, and I think it's a larger part of this fear thing though, because fear just breeds more fear. Mm. Don't do that, that's scary, just don't do it. Mm. So just why are you doing Because that lets them off the hook, I guess. If some if no one else is challenging those boundaries, then it's very safe just to not challenge those boundaries yourself. Don't go out. Don't, don't, just do, don't, it. Go don't out. do it. Yeah. Don't go anywhere. Don't and do that's, it. Stay inside, be safe. Really frustrating because the bigger issue is the fact that people are inflicting violence against women that is the bigger problem that is why we can't go out without someone questioning you know why are you going out people are gonna rape you and it's like well why don't we address the issue of rape then Mm, you know yeah (laughs) but that's the bigger issue yeah absolutely it is and fear that's the bigger issue what yeah and the fact that people don't listen as well to all the women, I mean, maybe I'm a bit biased, I am a bit biased, but I know so many women have who've done this kind of thing, because those are the kind of people I choose to hang out with, and there are quite a lot of them, I mean, Lee is one, and there are a lot of others, and no one really has any bad stories, they all have just these this kind of sickening procession of amazing stories hmm. of people being life-affirming and the kindness of strangers, and having amazing kind of mind-expanding experiences. If you talk to the people who've done long, daring, adventurous trips on bikes, nobody really has any bad stories. Mm. Um, no, they've all got just... pretty much good ones. Mm. That, I really liked that you highlighted, I can't remember who said it in the evening, it was like, oh, you ask these people, they say, are you scared? You ask these people, are you worried? And you ask them, what have you done? What have you actually done? And then they go, ah, ah, ah. And it's the ones who are scared, who haven't actually done anything. Mm. And then all the people that have have these amazing stories. But I think what I liked the most about this evening was you did highlight bad stories, stuff going wrong, you know, having to give up. A lot of people had given up. But for me as well, that was so refreshing to hear those stories mm. because yeah. you don't hear enough of those And that's stories. another yeah, thing. You absolutely. need to, to not be afraid of failing. So one of the ways that women are put off, for example, going off on a big bike trip is because they're worried that they might fail and look bad and things might go wrong and also everyone says but what if it goes wrong and so this turns into a big thing and I mean we've both had trips where a lot of stuff has gone wrong and we have disappointed ourselves and we've been the victim of bad fortune and personal incompetence and it just goes wrong and you have a bit of a crap time and you find a way of making it right or you find a way of booking a flight and going home yeah. and you pick up the pieces and lick your wounds and move on and ultimately become stronger and then you have a lot of things that go well as well but if something goes wrong it's usually not the end of the world and you have a really good story I liked hearing the things going wrong as yeah. much as I liked hearing things going right because it kind of really connected with me you think oh I should be okay with admitting shit went wrong and more and more you connect more with that it does struggle. Yeah. you're like oh they're human oh my god 
I'm not a superhuman that like a robot. Well, this is one of the time they fucked it up. This is one of the linchpins of the adventure syndicate. This is one of the founding principles that we wanted to create this group of of athletes who, yes, I mean, you know, Leaky has won some medals and things. I won a race once. It was quite good. But... <clears throat> As you do. <laughs> just, just well, that sinking um, friend's cheers. <laughs> but actually, um, we wanted to find a way of kind of, you know, ruthlessly cutting down our pedestals because, you know, we're all a bit shit quite a lot of the time. Mm. And it's so nice to hear that, though. It's like, hey, I'm shit too. Tagline. Yeah. We're all a bit shit. That would actually, maybe we should change it. The adventure syndicate. We're all a bit shit sometimes. Sometimes. Sometimes we're amazing. But sometimes we're a bit shit. And in really unglamorous ways. And actually, even on the long rides I've done, where ultimately I've come out looking quite good, the day-to-day business of it is... I'm riding along feeling kind of sleep deprived and dirty and smelly and itchy and a bit too hot and a bit uncomfortable and a few things are sore that I wish weren't sore <laughs> and mentally I sort of wish I wasn't there but feel bad and guilty about myself and wish I was faster and all of this kind of complicated messy stuff none of which looks remotely like the hero figure I had in my mind when I thought I would set out and conquer this but that's actually the good stuff and when you tell people about that that's when they really like you which mm. is a really weird thing to realise. <laughs> it's really odd. Why do we connect with that so much? But we well, do. We relate to it. Yeah, we're human we're... beings, aren't we? Ultimately, before we're cyclists, before we're anything else, we're, we're human beings that I think ultimately, deep down, have an interconnectedness and care and want to find the common ground. Like, we're desperately mm. always seeking that common ground, aren't we? <clears throat> That guy that rescued me on the Tour Divide when my bottom bracket failed and I had to get 200 miles to the nearest bike shop before your brother. <laughs> I just <laughs> had to get that in. Oh. Before, yeah, so Emily's brother did happen to be in a very opportune moment on the Tour Divide to help. But I had to get to your brother. So Dwayne, this cowboy, like, totally different from me, you know, gun-toting, Trump-voting, super Christian, very right-wing... He was like, do you need a ride somewhere? I'm like, well, yeah, actually, 200 miles to the next bike shop. And he said, get in. Oh, my God. And he gave me a ride 200 miles. And the whole way we talked about our differences and um, and our similarities, you know, it's really interesting to spend wow. that sort of confined time with someone that just voted for Donald Trump. And you're like, well, why did you vote for him? And honestly, it genuinely just came from this place of, well, I want the best for my family and I want the best for... You know, just... You know, I just care about people. Well, I care about people too. I love you, Dwayne. <laughs> but yeah, I mean, this guy—he had a—he had a gun in his glove box, and and you know, he's like, Lee, you really ought to seriously consider your safety. You should carry a gun. You know, there's absolute lunatics out there. And I was thinking to myself the whole time, you were the lunatic I was worried about. And now I really, really don't feel as though I need to carry a gun to protect myself from, you know, from you. <laughs> I don't think you know. We're all we're all the same. We're all the same. We're all motivated by the same stuff, and we all want the same thing. Unless we have some sort of you know psychopathic disorder, which a lot of people do. Um, but generally, as human beings, I think a big thing as well is the the fear of the unknown. So as as we know, there's a lot of messed up things in our own society. But we kind of feel well, that's okay. And then as soon as someone talks about stepping beyond that, we 
well, people say, oh. but I've heard in foreign places terrible, terrible things happen. And it's just much easier to kind of, all the things that you're frightened about, you sort of push them beyond the boundary of what you know and say, well, just don't go out there, don't cross that boundary, that's where it gets frightening. Mm. But everywhere you go, they have some sort of boundary. They go, well, don't go to the next town, it is so dodgy there, you will get mugged three times over, stay here. And you go to the next town and they'll say, well, you came from that town, oh my God. <laughs> Lucky you're alive. Uh, the unknown, yeah. It's a big fear of Which the is unknown. why we go out yeah, there. Which is why mm. we break out of our comfort zones. And... On a more sort of vague personal level, it's why as the adventure syndicate and as athletes we always try and do things that we're scared of, so why I try to go mountain biking, for example, despite the fact that I'm really bad at it and I'm really scared of being seen to be bad at something. And this but is you'll not... still do it? Yeah, sometimes. She's cause... not very good at being told to do something, or she's not very good at coaching, so the first, actually the second time I met Emily I tried to coach her in mountain biking and it didn't go down well. No, it didn't go down well. <laughs> so although she's willing to put herself out there, she's only willing to put herself out there under her own terms. <laughs> well, you know, we all have failings, except you of course. Of course. Lee, Lee is perfect. But... I am in actual fact. Perfect, isn't I? Yeah. Apart from won some some things. Yeah. So. Yeah, so that excuses me. Because so. you, you're a hero. <laughs> Where is your pedestal again? I don't see it. <laughs> but I do write an arrogant email. <laughs> I want to hear your advice for people listening. Um, On everything or anything or well, something specific. Advice is too broad, but I guess... Like Never eat anything just... bigger than your head. <laughs> <laughs> I dispute that. <laughs> I think if we think about the events to get crowd, maybe our <laughs> listeners, they're cyclists. I hope you cycle. It's okay if you don't. But if you start. Riding a bike's pretty fun, it's pretty good. We're ashamed of you if you don't. <laughs> Shh, no shame. Um, <laughs> only encouragement. But I guess it's that. I think what you guys really pinpoint and really connect with is that really, really beautiful moment where someone's like, a little bit more, just like, a bit more, just you a know, bit more. just a bit more, that really fun, like, I'm going to cycle around the world, but <laughs> I guess the advice for that, I think, and maybe I even you also would like yourself? to pose it to yourself in the past, no, but this idea of like, what, what things have you heard, what really help you? Just go that little bit further, do that little bit more. Are you going? Yeah. Oh, oh, no. Oh, no. Oh, no. Shut up. Listen, listen, listen. We can't not do this. This is like you embrace when when life deals you a blow, when fate intervenes. You just have to do this. Happy birthday, Happy birthday! Uh, clink, clink in front of the mic. Not just, on the mic, but she just the mic. emptied it. <laughs> yeah. I just, Karen, you just yeah. totally emptied it. Oh my goodness, more impressed than I was before. I'm sorry. <laughs> Don't apologise. It was, you know, it was a very well, tasty drink. Oh, that's breathfreshing. Damn, that was tea. That was like a rush. That's good. Now I don't need to. Exactly. Now I don't need to. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Saved yourself, what, two minutes when you get home? Minutes. Is it? That was good. I didn't care if my bike's been stolen. I wanted to ask what's your advice, but I know that's always a large question. I wanted to hone it in on the concept and ethos of Adventure Syndicate, which is encouraging and enabling women and men and people that want to do more, go longer distance. It's generally ultra cycling and long distance. No, it's so, not. It's no, or yeah. we tend to gravitate. We use that as a metaphor for sure. 
It just, do more is always good. Doing more. How do we do more? How do you do more? Yeah. Overcoming the limits that you've set yourself and other people have set you. And we've touched on some of them with the mm. question of, but you're a woman, etc., etc. Mm. And um, one of the things that one of our speakers came up with this evening, Yasmin, and one thing she said was, pardon my language, just don't give a shit. <laughs> just do what you want to so do. Beautifully said. It was so I think two two points I have, and let's see if my cocktails will allow me to remember them both in enough time to actually yeah, tell so you what they are. Position, get ready. So um, the one point is so it's a little story which I'll try and keep uh, succinct. About when I was at university, I was at a really posh university that, and I was in quite a rich college of the university. So there was a lot of money available if you applied to it for sort of funds to go and do cool stuff during your vacations. And I never got my head around the fact that you were totally supposed to blag loads of free money. That was what it was designed for. But I always thought, I can't apply for any of that because I don't really know what I'm doing and I'm a bit of a fraud and I'll leave it to the people who do know what they're doing. And one year I I managed to muster the self-confidence to put in an application for this... um, really cool project I had in mind. I wanted to go to uh, North India and do some research into language use there because I was a nerd. And I put this application in and I got a letter from them a little bit later saying, we're really interested in your application. Can we just have some more details? We really like this. And by that point, I'd convinced myself that I was such a loser that they definitely weren't going to give it to me. They totally saw through me. I was a fraud. I didn't actually know what I was doing, so I didn't even respond. And then a few weeks later... They just sent me a check. Oh. Like, they decided, even though I'd not got back to them, they were totally going to give me the money. They wow. thought it was an okay project, and they were going to give me a certain amount towards it. But my self-belief was so low that I never cashed the check. I never went. And then, about ten years later, when I was planning, preparing to go off on my big round-the-world thing and packing up all my stuff, I found this check that had long since expired which is a shame because it was quite a lot of money cash that in I know <laughs> I, even, <laughs> I even checked but it was definitely expired oh. but I remember finding that and thinking realising they believed in me all along and actually there wasn't much to it I mean it wasn't a big deal they wanted to give away this money I was not any more stupid than any of the other pretentious 20-year-olds who were (laughs) applying for this grant. And if I had just believed that I could probably blag my way through it, because that's what all of us are ever doing, I could have had a summer in India interviewing poor, beleaguered high school students about their language use. And it would have been really great. So one of the things is just realise that everyone in the world is totally blagging it, and you are blagging it probably as well as anyone else. And everybody that you're blagging it to probably thinks that you're doing quite well. I've forgotten my second point, as predicted. Ah. Mm. Unless you can remind me what the question was. Just remind me of the phrase of fake it till you make it, but... My choir teacher used to say that all the time, and we never understood it. I never understood that phrase, fake it till you make it, until probably when I started Bike Kitchen. Because it was like, who are you? Who are you to start a fucking bike workshop? Like, and yeah. you're not even a mechanic. It's this facade thing. Where it's like, do you know what you're doing? And it's this beautiful. It's like, no, moment. no, yeah, I don't. It's beautiful know. Moment. You just go like, you just slowly nod. You go, yes, and you don't. And you really fucking don't. What you need the to do is have the voice yes. of confidence. I absolutely know what I'm doing. Yeah. 
do you realise, Alex? I know exactly what I'm doing. Every single goddamn. Do you feel my authority? I do like now. The edge of a knife. I do now. Cool. See, that's all there is to it. I'm cool. totally blagging. That was cool. really strong. Okay, Thank we you. need to read to cook the description. Maybe Lady, that's it's what... your moment now. Okay. But that's what we need to call oh, no, no, no. Can you do it? Or are you... No, well, I had it, and then, oh, you know, I got, so, so I got so dragged oh. into M's story that and I got lost it. Oh, and, so and, and I got a bit drunker. <laughs> <laughs> but there is something there, I think, when you said the Adventure Syndicate are all about, you know, the ultra endurance stuff and really sort of pushing the boundaries of that stuff and challenging and more. And I think there's a really interesting point where in M pulled you up on that and just I said, remember well, my second point but carry wait. on <laughs> <laughs> wait um, <laughs> let me just see if I can find my flow again <laughs> <laughs> carry on so what the hell was a yeah so that thing about more and about pushing and going further and being stronger and being more less infallible that is exactly the opposite and so I think actually in reality, for people like M and I, the real challenge would be to stop and to actually sit still for a moment and consider what that is. I think you know, it's a that's... stupid idea. <laughs> <laughs> so more, what I'm trying to See, say is... See, you get another one and that's it. <laughs> <laughs> more isn't always necessarily going further, pushing harder, being stronger and fitter. It's finding that bit that challenges you, whatever that is, and sitting with that because it's so easy to slide off that and be like, well, I'll just look like a superhero for travelling loads of miles. Actually, that's not the bit that challenges us. The bit that challenges us is sitting still or the bit that challenges you might be going for that job or, you know, raising that kid or... So maybe, so our catchphrase is, what are you capable of? Actually, maybe it should be, what are your limits? Because, yeah, you yeah. might be able to cycle 500 miles so. in a day, but... It's if challenge that's yourself, not, maybe. It's not mm. too kind of simple and broad, but... We set our limits no. really low. Mm. You know? Well, and it's not like, just us. Well, other people do. Everyone. Yeah. yeah. You know, yeah, yeah so like, someone set your limits. Have you questioned what other people have made you think you can and can't do? Mm. Okay. So, oh. whatever you drank, you have to try and competently yeah. read the description. So, I'm, I'm going to crack on. I had a lemon party. <clears throat> Scientists call them sour receptors, the special senses inside your head and mouth that crave an entire bag of tamfastics on a hangover. Well, now you can have it before the crash. A frankly appalling named low ABV offering is just the right amount of tang without turning your entire face right out. Jenny, what did you have? Four of us had <laughs> the, the You truth. Can't Bramble the Truth because okay. it's the best fucking drink on this menu. Go. But I'm not going to read this one. I'll give the glory to someone else. What? I can so read you're going to read... Like yeah, I'm going to read the first drink that I had, which is okay. a barley sour. And by the way, this menu was written by Joel Golby from Vice magazine. Yeah, like, he does a thing for Vice. like, yeah. bow down because this, is, this menu is art. My first drink was a barley sour. Listen, a weird thing has happened... Turns out if you make Tommy's Margarita, but with Chivas 12, it sort of tastes malty and wholesome, like a really, really healthy breakfast cereal or a good big sniff of a bag of grain. The drink is like going for a bracing walk on a windy day to clear your mind. This drink is like how you feel three weeks into a new diet. 
This drink is like getting your iron requirements for the day. This drink is health. I had a, a ganchu rojo, a red hook retooled with sweet hibiscus, bittersweet vermouth, and heradura reposado tequila for something that's sandy and fruity, balanced and juicy, all at the same time. An American classic, remade with Mexican parts. It's essentially a cocktail engineered from lab to piss Donald Trump off. <laughs> Um, I believe the perfect way to end this is to all shout goodbye and clink a glass. Bye! Bye. <laughs> so if you like what we do, please like, rate, and subscribe. Your mission, if you know someone who likes podcasts, send them our podcasts. Yeah. Make them Karina absolutely rules. I was like, we need to pay rad female illustrators to do our logo, which she's done an amazing job. It's so good. I love it. Put some links below. And we will be back when we're back. (laughs) Comes out when it comes out. (laughs) Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And it's all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com trip for free shipping and 365-day returns. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts, start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market.